What Am I Rolling, a twice-monthly RPG one-shot podcast, hosted by me, Fiona. This week, I'm joined by a very special guest, my sister Alex, for a one-shot game of survival horror using Grin, a rule system developed by independent indie game publisher Arcana Games. Grin is a rules-light survival horror role-playing system that fits onto a single page. Described as fast and deadly, Grin is perfect for high-mortality single-session games or one-shots and is great for first-time role-players. You can find out more information about Grin on the Arcana Games website. That's www.arcana-games.com. I'll include links to it on the What Am I Rolling website and in this episode's show notes. So here's how Grin works. Unlike other RPG systems we have featured on this podcast, Grin's core game mechanic uses a standard set of playing cards rather than dice. As a result, Grin encourages improvised play from the players with a keen focus on shaping memorable moments of terror, suspense and dread. When a player wishes their character to take a difficult action where the outcome may be uncertain, the Game Master may require them to draw one or more cards from the deck. Drawing any card other than the Joker means the character succeeds in their attempted action, and drawn cards are then placed in the discard pile. If the Joker is drawn, the player's character is removed from the game, in some manner befitting the narrative of the story. Normally, this is through death, or an accident, or even insanity. If a face card is drawn, i.e. a jack, a queen or a king, the player must draw an additional card to succeed in their attempt. If an ace is drawn, the player keeps it and places it in front of them. An ace may be spent in lieu of drawing a card or forcing another player to draw an additional card. They may spend their ace by placing it in the discard pile. One thing I will mention is that for each character less than four, the Games Master removes any four non-Joker, non-Ace, non-Face cards from the deck. They are removed from the game and never reshuffled back into the deck. So as a result for our one-shot game, we started out with a deck of 40 playing cards and one Joker card. As this was Alex's first time playing an RPG game, I also home-ruled that the first Joker pulled from the deck would only result in something very bad happening, rather than outright character death or removal from the game. This would allow Alex to get to grips with role-playing character and the game mechanics, but also leave us with a good place to have a cliffhanger for the episode. You can find out more information about Grin and download the free scenario resource which we used for this one-shot on the Arcana Games website. That's www.arcana-games.com. One last thing before we begin. Naturally, there are times in this one-shot where the players and myself, mostly myself, get the rules wrong or forget something plot-wise. Whilst we always endeavour to stick to the rules wherever possible, at the end of the day, we all make mistakes, and what matters most is that everyone enjoys themselves. So, with all that out of the way, let's play Grin. So, we're going to play a game called Grin. As you might have guessed, it's a horror game. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and what I'm going to ask you to do, 
whenever there's a difficult choice or the outcome of something is in difficulty, I'm going to ask you to draw from the deck. Okay. And I might ask you to draw a number of cards, might not just be one. If you draw a number value card, that counts as a success. If you draw any of these cards, so the face cards, I appreciate this. Why are we using I, I couldn't have, I didn't have any other cards available. So if you draw a jack, queen or king, it's like a draw another card yeah. to come back for that. If you draw an ace, it counts, but you keep it in front of you and you can use it to spend it again to not draw another card. I'll say you can draw it. And if I'm asking you to draw more, you can use it on that turn. Joker. If you pull this Joker out of the pack, I die. Yeah. Oh, but I'm going to draw it out of the pack at some point. Well, this is the thing. I'm going to die. You might die. You'll be removed from the game or something will happen in the game. We only have you playing. And what happens is you normally have four players. And for every player that's removed from the game, you also remove four numerical cards. Oh, okay. I've already removed 12 cards. Okay. And we've got two Jokers. So I'm going to do it so that the first one, something really bad happens. Second one's pulled. You're out of the game. Okay. Okay. You all right with that? Well, if, I, if it's within the first five minutes, I could trip over and break my neck. So if you pull up the first Joker in the first five minutes, something bad will happen. <laughs> so I need you to put the Joker in somewhere. Just tell me when. When? Should I put it right at the end? <laughs> no, we're not doing that. Are you okay on the rules so far? Yes, but I may have forgotten them by the time we get to That's okay. If in doubt, you will have to draw a card at any yeah. point, and I will tell you if you something important. Okay. But basically, the Joker is a bad card. Yes, well, I've got that one, that one down. I'm just making sure. Okay, so we've got our cards shuffled, we've got the Joker in. Yep. Why don't we talk about your character a little bit? So the first question was, whose younger sibling are you? I am the younger sibling of Brad Majors. What can you tell us about Brad? What can I tell you about Brad? Well, Brad is fairly popular. Mm-hmm. He uh, He's on the school basketball team. Oh, wow. Okay. But he also likes to play golf in his spare time. <laughs> Fair enough. Pretty sporty. Overall. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, he does okay at school. He's neither uh, a genius nor an idiot. But he's popular. He's popular. He's well-liked. He oh. has a good set of He's got friends. a nice... Um, and he's a clean-cut status. kid. How old is he compared to you? How old he is, is 17. He's 17? Yes. Okay, and how old are you, though? I am 15. 15, okay. Do you look up to him at all? No. <laughs> no, you don't. Oh, he's okay. He's all right. But, you know, siblings. So why did you decide tag along on this uh, mission or adventure? Because I enjoy a good adventure. Yeah? Uh, that's what I'm craving in my life, really? is adventure. Yeah, you, you're just bored at school. You Life is boring yeah. in the burbs. In the burbs? In the burbs. Okay. So... Why do you annoy your older sibling? Because everybody prefers me to them. In what way? Because I'm just cooler, I'm funnier. Well, at least I think so. I think that's probably what's annoying, is that I think everybody prefers me to them. Okay, so you constantly hop in on um, Brad's conversations with people. I'm just always there, being better than him. (laughs) (laughs) What do Brad's other friends think of you? They probably think I'm just there. I'm okay, I'm not, I'm not intensely irritating no. I'm just there but do they look out for you do they take care of you because you're a little bit younger than them yeah I guess so they don't want me to come to any harm but it's more like oh who's his Brad sister again who do you look up to my mother strong independent woman yeah she raised us broken home mm-hmm. you know really paint a picture for you here yeah, yeah yeah you know what's her name her name is Patricia Patricia yeah Patricia, Patricia Majors <laughs> 
Patricia Majors, yes, okay. uh, she she works as a waitress in a diner. Oh yeah, yeah. She works hard. So as I said, single parent family. Mm-hmm. Dad deserted us mm-hmm. when I was five. So you know she'd been working hard. She's true feminist, like you know fighting spirit. But it sounds like if she's working hard, she might not have been home all the time. No, but that's why I, I get bored and annoy Brad. So he kind of looked after you, that sort of reluctant duty to look yeah, after you. Yeah, but I feel like the love is there. Yeah. You do love your brother overall. Yeah, deep down. Like but I won't tell him that. Of course not. No. Of course not. Why would you? You're a teenager. What did you do to gain favour with the group? I egged the school bully's house. Oh, wow. Derek. Classic American name. <laughs> yeah, Derek. <laughs> Derek. Flowers. Derek Flowers, yeah. He is the school bully. Mm-hmm. He is uh, mean. He pushes around the kids. Like, he doesn't particularly hassle Brad or my character, but he does hassle other people who they're friends with. And so, in order to curry favour with the gang, I have gone to his house and egged his house. So, you said that he doesn't bother Brad. Does he bother the group a lot then, and they really dislike this bully? I think he kind of. Some of the members of the group, he probably would bully more. So they're ultimately grateful that you did this, or are they more I scared that you, you did something and you provoked... I think they find that. it amusing. That you sort of went out of your way to help them? As a Not just them, but this wider school. Not all heroes wear capes. Fair enough, fair enough. What did you bring with you tonight? My handy school satchel. Handy school satchel. Yes. It's green. It's green. Describe it's green. It. Yeah. Uh, it's green. It, like, satchel bit... What's the bit? The flap is over the top. That's how most satchels go. So it's a messenger bag, basically. Yeah, a messenger bag. Messenger satchel. Have you got anything in your satchel? Yes, I have. Yeah? I have dog poo bags. (laughs) (laughs) For our dog, Rover. Rover? Yeah. What kind of Um, dog is it? It is a golden retriever. Rover, the golden retriever. Yes. (laughs) Proper American family, aren't you? Oh, yes, all American family. Um, So you brought your satchel, but not the dog. Yes, forgot the dog. So you left the dog at home by itself. The dog has recently been hit by a car. Oh, shit. (laughs) Uh, Instead of Rover not being with us, Rover has been injured and is at the vet's. And I guess you'd say your mother's had to take the night off to go... Yeah, that's exactly where she is. So you could say in a way that she's not very... She's not easy to contact just now. No, she's out of reach. I feel like I'm backing myself into a corner here. Just checking. I'm just making sure. I also have pencils and scraps of paper. What kind of pencils? They are 2B pencils. Oh, good for drawing with. Yes, good. I went HB before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're a bit of an artist then, would you say? Yes, I, I, I also like to do um, pencil rubbings of stuff. Oh, yes. That's a very interesting <laughs> hobby for a teenager. We all have hobbies. Would you say art's your favourite class then? Yes. Creating stuff. Yeah. So you could say maybe not scraps of paper, but you might have an, a sketchbook in there. Yes. Okay. Or... In a very hipster way, I have multiple scraps of paper tied together to make... Oh, you've made your own scrapbook. I've made my own scrapbook. Holy shit. Okay. (laughs) Do you have anything else in your bag? Uh, Hold on. What would be handy in this scenario? I always feel like... Imagine you're doing this straight after school. You've not had time to rush home, I'd say. I have a maths textbook. You have a maths textbook? Excellent. Like 101 calculus. Yeah, that was published in 1982. Excellent. Yeah, with all the answers in the back. Oh, even better. So yeah. you had a look at that. Okay, so you got your calculus book. Yeah. yeah. Um, and what else do I Would have? you have a calculator as well? No, I'm too smart for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am okay. a human calculator. Oh. Uh, no, no. Yes, no, I am a human calculator. Well, I have that as a secret technique. Okay. It's <laughs> not going to help me. Uh, not, not at all. What else do What did I used to have in my school bag? House keys. 
Yeah, house keys. And on those house keys, I have a keychain mm-hmm. that is a fish. Okay. It is a fish that has a torch in its mouth. Oh, useful. So, yeah. Very useful. A no- a no- yeah, I was going to say. So you've got a novelty fish key ring, which has a tiny little light, I guess. Yeah, that says, oh, where's by the coast in America? It says Alaska. <laughs> no, that would be too long. It just says Alaska on it. Just... It's an Alaskan salmon. <laughs> okay. With a torch in its mouth. Excellent. Well, <laughs> I'm sure... Elastin salmon are a real thing. Yeah, it just okay. I'm not going to complain. It's your, it's your, it's your bag. <laughs> yeah, you my got, bag. Your bag. Your keys. Your keys. Your weird. key ring. That's quite lost in your bag just now. Yeah, I don't need anything. You else. don't need anything else. No, too heavy. Fair enough. Uh, penultimate question: uh, What do you look like? I have red, mid length, and that kind of falls. Well, what counts as mid length? Just below the shoulders. No, sort of. So kind of. The collarbone? Yeah, so your, your clavicle area. Fancy words. Um, and it, it's curly, mm-hmm. because that sounds fun. Mm-hmm. I am five foot seven inches, because that is how tall I am. I feel it's something that you have to keep saying to people. I'm taller than I am. You're very proud of the fact that you're that height. Yes. So I am wearing uh, those little round hipster glasses. You know, everybody knows the Harry Potter glasses. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are gold rim, Not, like, actual gold, but that's the colour of the rim. So, like, sort of a metal-plated gold. Yeah, so they're, they're well, like, kind of that brassy colour. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I am wearing double denim. And my reason for that is because kids today don't understand the fashion faux pas of a Canadian tuxedo. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody understands why that is not an acceptable look. I'm sure the group agrees with you on that styling choice the glasses yeah do you need them yes i am mildly short-sighted mildly <laughs> <laughs> i love her yeah, today just because i don't want you like feel like you lose your glasses and cannot see forever so um i am mildly short-sighted like to the point where you know i can see far like, away i can see far away i might not be able to see writing far away um but you can't see things up close no, I can see things. Short-sighted is you can't see things in the distance. Right. I, I always get it the wrong way around. Yeah. So, so but, like, I, I could... So, if I was... I could see you, but maybe your features would be a bit... Like picasso Yeah, yeah. So, things in the distance could look... Shifty. Yes. Good to know. <laughs> I have high-top converse with emotional lyrics, band lyrics, written on them in black marker pen. And a, a large watch. Don't ask me what kind of watch, because I don't know... Well, oh. It adorns my wrist, but it is unfortunately stopped at the time. 5.32. My name? Yeah? My name is Jocelyn Myers. Jocelyn Myers. Wait. Brad no, Majors. It's Brad Majors. My name yeah. is Jocelyn Majors. All right. Good to meet you, Jocelyn Majors. Good to meet you too. St Mary's Asylum was condemned in 1984. But that won't stop a group of high school friends going there as the sun sets with intent to stay the night. It's supposedly haunted. Legend says that a group of high schoolers tried to stay the night 20 years ago and disappeared. St Mary's was originally a sanatorium called Oak Hill until tuberculosis... Tuberculosis. Yeah. (laughs) ...was cured. It was renamed after Sister Mary, a nun who took it over in the 60s. It was meant to be used as a home for the criminally insane... They say Mary was a monster who punished patients for their perverted sins. Rumours of a bloody reign can be gleaned in tales of forced sterilisation, shock therapy and lobotomies. 
legend goes, one night there, there was a great storm and the power failed. The patients got out of their locked rooms and they found her and dragged her into the operating room and chopped her to bits. So, you have gone with Brad and his friends to this condemned place. What does it look like? Like, where is it in the town? So it is not in the town. It's more on the outskirts in the forest part. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in the burbs, you always have, like, a forest part. So you go quite deep into the forest and the trees start, you know, start getting thicker and closer together and the light starts getting blocked out or, like, the light only comes in weird sort of shafts. Mm -hmm. And then you kind of burst out into this kind of a clearing-ish where this huge sort of Victorian-esque house so it's, it's really big and really tall and it's got like loads of ivy kind of overgrowing it and the windows are smashed you know roof tiles hanging loose mm-hmm. or just not there mm-hmm. part of it's a bit caved in the roof mm-hmm. the one thing I can add to this is that the first thing you notice when you rock actually how do you get there do you walk there do we you walk take there you walk there yeah okay how long is the walk you say? Mm, about 45 minutes so a long walk substantial yeah i guess in america as well like normally you get around through buses or some of them or some people will have their cars the group has elected not to use the car this time why do you think that is you know the town is fairly easy to to negotiate and also you can't drive the car through the forest so in your group Obviously, your brother Brad has come with you. And his friend, Mike Pierce, has also come with you. The things you know about Mike is that he is a rich kid. You wonder how Brad is actually friends with this guy, in a way. He's very, you know, stereotypical jock. But is there anything else that you would say you notice about him just now, as you're walking up? He seems nervous. I mean, he's cracking, perhaps, a lot of jokes. Is this walking up to the asylum or on our journey there? I'd say on your journey there. Yeah, just cracking a lot of jokes... Trying to be the big man, but, you know, kind of failing a little bit. His jokes seem a little weak. His voice kind of breaks a little bit. So he just seems on edge, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Rightly so, in a way. I'd yeah. say not scared, but more nervous, anxious. So would you say he's more nervous about going in to spend the night or more nervous about, say, breaking the rules because obviously not people are supposed to be there? I think it's spending the night. He doesn't, spending the night. he doesn't give a hoot about the rules. Yeah, Mike doesn't seem that sort of person at no. all. Another person that's with you guys is a girl called Sarah Lee. And Sarah Lee is a very pretty high school girl, maybe. Actually, she'll probably be the same age as you, actually. And she is the girlfriend of Mike. What's like your relationship to her? What's she like? Just a quick summary from what you think of her. She's probably very different to who I am. Mm-hmm. So obviously I'm there in my double denim and like you know watch that doesn't work yeah but she's very preppy i guess so mm-hmm. she you know wears this you know those tartan or, or plaid skirts mm-hmm. you know and the rib jumper things and it's all very like light colors as well mm-hmm. so stuff that if you drop like spaghetti bolognese on you'd have to throw it out oh wow yeah yeah she's she's brave she's brave she's brave so what's she doing with mike just not not like the relationship <laughs> what's she doing with him as they're walking up what would you say? Is she walking next to Mike? Is she holding his hand? Or is she being more aloof? They're doing that thing where they, like, you know, their little fingers are, like... That's how they're holding hands, oh. is, like, you know... Yeah, it's that kind of relationship. Is it quite a new relationship, you'd say? Uh, I'd say fairly new, maybe about a, a month. Probably not enough time for them to annoy each other yet, but certainly enough time to annoy everybody else. OK, that's what I was getting at, yeah. And how's your brother doing, Brad? He's walking at the head of the group, striding along. Yeah. Confident, strutting his stuff. Does he have an opinion on Sarah and Mike being together? I think he thinks she's probably quite 
childish or like not childish immature and a bit simpering i guess he kind of wishes that she wasn't there mm-hmm. but you know he's friends with mike and he would make some allowances okay and i'd say there's one more person in the group who is it oh god i don't know um jake shears tell us a little bit about jake then he is the third of the trio of like brad and mike they're like the three friends and then you're an offshoot in a way as is yeah, Sarah. Unfortunately me and Sarah are kind of put in the same bag. But I would say that Jake is very caring, perhaps would check more on the girls than perhaps the other two. Yeah. I think Mike seems like the kind of person that wouldn't bother checking. Mm-hmm. Brad just probably is more focused on getting the group to where they need to go, mm-hmm. whereas Jake's the sensitive one. Bit more aware of other people's sensitivities. Yeah, he's he's the the glue that holds the group together. Oh really? <laughs> All right. Now do kill him off. <laughs> that would be really super hard. <laughs> you said that. We begin at dusk, so the sun's just setting as you get to the um, area. You make your way past some rusted iron gates and end up at the sort of there's like a little narrow drive that sort of appears from nowhere. Again, it's been condemned for many well, almost twenty years now, so the trees have grown up. Yeah, around they're it. quite overgrown. Yeah, you know there is still like the old drive that was there where yeah. they clearly had to bring patients in. Gravelly. And the front of it is was as you described. There's uh, some broken windows. There is some ivy covering the door. Some missing roof tiles. It's just an old wear and tear drop. There wasn't any like fire or you know bits of the roof completely falling in it still stands okay which is you think it's interesting because no one's been up here you don't think anyone checks this area that often hence why you're doing this victorian architecture can't beat it it is well brad gets to the door first and he goes oh god uh on the door large double doors there is a keep out sign the door is slightly ajar but on it is like a rusted chain throughout the two door handles yeah and a lock what are you doing you kind of peek through because you can open the door, obviously, but the chain will stop it from opening completely. Mm-hmm. So we decide to peek through and see what we can see. It's too dark to see anything. So we then discuss amongst ourselves and decide to try around the back. I mean, it's not too dark because there's some roof tiles missing. So you have a peek through, but you can't make out much. No, it's very dark. Imagine the door sort of like this and you can look in and you see sort of the front porch area and there's bits of like... Not dilapidated, what I'm talking about, like um, curling wallpaper? You know, like it's sort of peeling off the walls, there you yeah. go. Okay, so you want to check around the outside. Yeah. To see if there's any other entrances. Kind of like, look around the perimeter. And then I need you to draw a card for me, then. I don't want to. <laughs> it is the three of stars. <laughs> it's fine, we'll just say numbers for this one. So three? Yeah. Three. You yeah. succeed. There doesn't seem to be, like, any other doorway. It's interesting, the front door obviously had the chain and the padlock all the other doors have been sort of zinked up you know like as if evicted notices yeah the windows are either too thin with bars on them all the ground floors areas from what you can get to have bars on it but you have a wander around doesn't seem to be any other way in other than the front entrance that presents a significant problem well you said that the chains were rusty right yep so i guess if they were really rusty they might just give way so the three boys being the three boys that they are. Although, perhaps not Mike, because, you know, he doesn't like to get his hands dirty. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's that kind of guy. Rich kid that doesn't like to get his hands dirty. Jake takes one handle. Brad takes the other handle, and they both pull. What are you and Sarah doing in this instance? I'm cheering, and Sarah's complaining that the fact that the rust might 
uh, kind of like explode and get everywhere on okay. her white jumper. I'd say, even with all their might, they're struggling to pull. Like, neither of them that's strong enough, even though it's rusty. And Jake sort of goes, if only we had something to like just break the padlock, it'd be just much easier than pulling it. Well, I'm telling you, my, f- my fish torch ain't gonna do that. <laughs> Can we look for something in the surrounding area? Absolutely. Like uh, a, a lead pipe? Or mm-hmm. uh, what, what breaks, James? Or oh, like, you know, those uh, bolt cutters. A bolt cutters. All right. Yeah, so draw a card for me, please. It's a uh, queen. I need you to draw another card. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a three! It's a three, okay. There's no bolt cutters, because that would be really simplistic and easy. Um, <laughs> but you do find there's actually a bit of the gate fence that's broken off. And you think you could use it as a sort of a... A jimmy. Yeah. A makeshift crowbar. Yeah. You hear a, a horrible squeal as the sort of rusted iron goes against the, the chain and... <laughs> breaks. Dust comes billowing out. It's horrific. Uh, Sarah gets upset. Sarah is upset. She deliberately said this would happen and she's got ever so slight little sprinkle of dust on her whatever sweater you told it was. Like, I, don't know, I don't know what they're called. Like those, yeah, it's not nice. You go in. Pammy wants to push Sarah in first, but I'm not going to do that. Um, I would like to go in first, but Brad, being the macho older brother that he is, mm-hmm. is like, no, no, I shall go in first. So it's Brad followed by me, mm-hmm. followed by Jake. Sarah and then Mike at the Mike back. at the back. Mike's a bit useless in this scenario. I need to make him a bit more useful. No, 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 no. It's just I'm just asking. You can make him whatever you want. It's fine. As you enter to the entry hall, you, again you see the peeling paint off the walls, and there's actually loads of graffiti in here. You couldn't see because of the lack of light before. The floor is thick with rubble and debris, and there's a horrible smell of like mustiness, and you you recognise it sort of as rat droppings. It's this place has not been touched for quite some time. Coming into it, you see like a tiled floor bits of tiles missing. You can see sort of a grand staircase, very typical of these asylums, as you can imagine, that yes. comes in. Yes. Again, you can tell it's sort of layered with dust, mm-hmm. and that no one has been there in some time. You have the grand central staircase at the top, yep. and you have a whole way to your left, yep. and a whole way to your right. And there's like a little reception desk at the top there. There's no electric lights in here or anything like that. You're, the sun is just about to go down. Yeah, I really hope one of the others has got a better torch than me. <laughs> Well, I guess we would all stand together and have a discussion. Yeah. Should we go upstairs, left, right, or check out the reception desk? Brad will probably bring out a torch for He's not an idiot. And he's actually a much better torch than you, so he has a shine round. Yeah, well, you, you criticise my torch now, but y'all need it in the future. He has a quick sweep. Nothing seems to move or anything like that. He, even though, I guess you wouldn't say it yourself, you may be a little bit jumpy, you know, shadows suddenly appearing from the torchlight. And Mike, I think he's getting better at controlling his, like... Poker face. Yeah. Probably uh, got a bit of bravado on him. I, I guess since opening the door, is like, ha-ha, we've done this together. Sarah is still pissed that the rust yeah. is on her. And Jake is just like, I regret not doing this. This is a really bad idea, but whatever. We, You know, if we have to prove ourselves, whatever. Turn behind you, Jake. Yeah. <laughs> what do you like to do? Can I check out the reception desk? Of course you can. What are you looking for? What do you want to find? Just an indication of when the asylum was perhaps last run or last visitors. Okay. If anybody signed the visitor book, that would be... That would be handy, wouldn't it? It would be handy. I need you then to draw from the deck one card. Three! Another three. Might not have shuffled them properly, but it's fine. (laughs) That's fine. There's no logbook. 
There's nothing like that on oh, the desk. That's disappointing. Um, there's a couple of drawers. You have a rummage around in them. You find some old newspapers, and they say opening of the asylum, handing over to Sister Mary, and there's a nice little picture of Sister Mary. She looks like a very unassuming... What does she look like? She looks like um, an unassuming woman, like, in a nun outfit. Um, <laughs> she, she looks like a nun. <laughs> she does, but um, she looks kindly. The last couple of newspapers you find are sort of 1983. And, again, in your research doing this, this trip, is that this place got shut down in 84. It was opened... In the 60s. Oh, so it was opened in the 60s. Condemned in 1984. The last newspaper you found was dated 1983. What did that newspaper say? Mysterious things happening at St Mary's Asylum, Sister Mary being taken in for questioning, some sort of court trial date. And there's a picture of her in there. She looks a a much older in that picture. It looks like she's worked hard for several years. World-weary. Yes, yeah. And then there's very little information after that. And so there's nothing else in the immediate area. There's no, like, um, switches, there's no, uh, like, you have a quick check under the desk, it's just all bits of paper, and, yeah, you can't find anything else. Can I take the pieces of scrap paper for my... Is it a new art project we're doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Right. They might come in handy. Okay, then. So I've still got the options now to go left, right, or up. Mm-hmm. Brad and Jake will probably go say, look, do you want to go upstairs, or shall we... We can look down here first. What do they want to do? They say... Well, probably Brad says it's probably best to check downstairs first. We need to find a good sleeping spot that we can, you know, stay at. And because we shouldn't be here, we don't want to attract too much attention by going upstairs. Small boys upstairs might be a bit rotty. Exactly. What does Mike want to do? Mike is sort of like, well, I'll, I'll do whatever the group wants. We've got to prove to people that you know we're the coolest kids in school. But we didn't say where we were going to spend the night, so we could just find the room off to the right, camp in there, keep low and quiet and be out. Is there anybody in this group that wants to go upstairs? They also look at you and just like, why would we want to go upstairs? I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to go upstairs. Do you want to go upstairs? No. <laughs> uh, let's go to the right. And you start going down. It seems to be lots of doors leading off and it's very typical asylum spookiness. The mm. doors are like, there's clearly solid iron, a little panel at the top where a grate you can pull back. Mm. Some of them are open and you have a peek in and they're just full of sort of rubble and graffiti. You can tell, though, that these were patient rooms. They still have the wire bed frames with the springs bed. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you go down the corridor, there's about maybe 15 rooms. Each okay. sort of like seven and seven each side, and there's one at the end. Ooh. What's in the end one? You open it, it's easy enough. It just looks like a, one of the generic rooms. There doesn't seem to be any rubble in it. It doesn't seem to be any different. Ooh, the scariest inmate was left at the you know farthest end of the corridor. Oh, part of me wants to lock Janet in it. Who's Janet? No, <laughs> oh, God, not Janet. Um, Sarah. Okay. Well, Can we threaten to do it? And she gets upset. She's just, like, completely freaked out now. She's like, oh, my God! Yeah, she's proper American girl. Like, oh, my God, stop, stop. Jocelyn, Jocelyn, for God's sake, stop it. I was like, shut up. <laughs> Now, Mike, Mike, and Mike sort of stayed back a bit. So she goes, Mike, Mike, tell her, tell her to stop it. She's scaring me. She's scaring me. And Mike's like, ladies, ladies, let's just. Oh, Mike gives me the creeps. <laughs> <laughs> let's just settle down. Like, let's just pick some rooms. If you really feel brave, we can all go into separate rooms and spend the night. I don't think I feel that brave. Damn, I wish my dog was here. Uh... <laughs> what, Rover the Labrador? He was a golden retriever. Oh, actually. my bad. <laughs> So do we have to pick rooms now? 
No, you can keep exploring. Uh, just like I said, the sun's setting, and you've only got Brad's torch, and if you've got your little fishy torch. <laughs> Don't you dismiss I fishy torch. Didn't say anything. Um, I'd say Jake also has. Again, because he's quite sensitive to these sort of things. Like, I'm not an idiot either. Always be prepared. And I feel like Mike would have a lighter. Yes, Mike does have a lighter. Yeah. God, Sarah's just so useless. Um, I... I, you get the impression that Mike was like, this could be like a romantic getaway. Like, she, that's what it's got stalled on, mm-hmm. and she's instantly regretted it completely. So I, I don't think we should pick rooms yet. I would certainly not suggest splitting up because that's the sort of thing you do if you want to die. Mm-hmm. I would suggest go back and explore the left-hand corridor. All right. You go back, and you go down the left-hand corridor. <laughs> the only difference in this corridor is that there's, like, there's a couple more rooms, but they look more like, like there's a waiting room, green chairs okay. that have been taken out. There's also what looks like a recreational room, which, again, is completely decimated of anything. They clearly look, look like there was, like, a pool table at one point, but there's no pool cues or anything like that. Again, chairs and rubble just everywhere. And down there's a couple more offices, but these ones are locked, actually. But there's just wooden doors, so you, if you wanted, you could break through to them. Obviously, it would cause a lot of noise, perhaps, but you notice along this corridor, there is a stopped grandfather clock. What time is it stopped at? It is stopped at half two. Oh, I thought you were going to be a massive coincidence and be like 5.33. Uh, it's 32. Um, I remember your own fucking time. Why is it stopped? Do you want to investigate it? Will it attack me? I mean, you look at it, it looks like a grandfather clock. <laughs> Let's investigate it. I want to search it to see if there's any keys or anything interesting hidden in it that means that we can open the doors without causing a big noise. Uh, the office doors? Yeah. Okay. You open it fine. Searchy, searchy. Yeah, you open it fine. You don't need to draw for that. It's fairly simple. You know, it's okay, clearly yeah. rotten. <coughs> yeah, it makes a little squealy noise. And you look in deep. Oh my god, what's there? <laughs> and it's just like, you know, cobwebs. And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, the pendulum's clearly, like, stuck there. You maybe try and push it again, but it's it clearly needs winding up. And the key that's usually inside the grandfather clocks, as you know, isn't there. It seems to be missing. But it's interesting, because... Compared to the rest of this place that you've seen, the glass in it's not broken, the face of the clock's not broken, apart from a bit of dust and some cobwebs. Alright. Don't know if I'd want to wind it up, even if I had the key. Nobody wants that chiming. That would scare the crap out of me. So, other than the grandfather clock and the, like, everything else, Mm -hmm. is there anything else down that corridor? Are you investigating? Yes, I am investigating. All right, I need you to draw from the file. <laughs> don't want to die. It's a ten. It's a ten. You go down. Again, there's not... There's, like, compared to the down on the right wing, which was clearly patient's room, this is just more admin. So you may open a room into, like, a filing system. But again, some file things have been knocked over. There's graffiti everywhere in this place. And again, that smell of rat droppings. Uh, you might come across, like, a dead rat or something. Mm. I mean, you can go through some of the filing. Yes, I want to go through some of the files. All right, so you do that. You know, it's patient files. Uh, they've not done their GDPR uh, <laughs> <laughs> nicely. Oh, yeah. God, information governance would be having a field they, day. They would, they would. A lot of it's been destroyed through water damage. Are you looking for anything particular? Just anything interesting, I guess. I, I don't have a particular patient in mind. I just want to see if there's any anything, any clues. Um, you come across quickly that this place, whilst it did hold adult patients, 
there definitely was quite a number of children patients. And you come across so maybe some curiosities, like a boy who had some sort of birth defect because jaw was a bit too wide, like a horrible smile. They had from back in the 60s, they were just a bit like, get rid of them. So, but I thought this is a place for the criminally insane. I guess they just shoved everyone. Again, a lot of the data and a lot of the patient records have been damaged. You do find you do find some records of some of the doctors that work there. Mr. McKnifey Stabby. No, sadly, Mr. McKnifey McStabby was at a different sanatorium. What about Old McGroin? Old McGroin was not there either. <laughs> Actually, what you probably do find is like there's a couple of doctors, mostly male, unfortunately. Of course. There's a like a staff picture outside the front, clearly in better days, and it sort of says 1979. Most of the faces on there have been washed out, and you can tell where Sister Mary is. She sort of sits... <laughs> you know, like in a football fo- photo. She's like... No, no, she's like the goalie. Yeah. <laughs> so she sits sort of there. And then behind her stands a very striking young man. Again, sort of glasses, clearly has fair hair, very tall, very thin. And this guy, you know, he catches your eyes. He stands like almost a foot taller than the rest of the doctors there. And his name is Lehman Scroden. Is he German by any chance? You can't tell. Has he been brought over from Germany by Operation Paperclip? Do you want to look for more information about this guy? Yes, I do. Take two cards from the... Oh, don't be a joker. So that's a, a jack. jack, so we're going to pull again. A four. Four. Need more success. Mm. That's the king, so you're going to pull again. An eight. Eight. All right. It's very scant, as if his file has been removed in some way. You do find, like, a quick sort of CV, I guess, or a quick cover letter, and it is in German. And you can tell that he came to America after the Second World War. What are the others doing at this point? Sarah is stood by the door, refusing to come in. So she's in there with you, or she's... Well, she's kind of, like, on the threshold. Yeah. Uh, Being a bit huffy. Yeah. Brad is just going through some more of the folders. Uh-huh. Uh, probably not very, like, carefully. And Jake's sort of doing the same, maybe a bit more half-heartedly. And Mike is just kind of looking around the rest of the room. Yeah, you can't find anything else more in Now we're kind of done with this room, aren't yeah. we? So go back out. As you get out, you notice that the edge of this corridor suddenly seems to be a lot of water. You didn't notice it when you came in. The reason you feel it is that you slap into it and your beloved... Converse gets no, no, those emotional lyrics. Those emotional lyrics. They start running. It's like they're crying. Yeah. You didn't hear any water running or anything like that. But now you're out in the corridor, there is a slow sort of drip. Drip. <laughs> the sun is now completely set, by the way. Torches yep. at the ready. Absolutely. But used sparingly because... Uh, batteries. Although, if they are LED torches, as I'd like to think they are, they will last much longer and have better light. Would you say your fish is an LED torch? It is an LED <laughs> it is an LED bulb, but perhaps more of a novelty okay. rather than useful. We discuss whether we should investigate the mysterious dripping noise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brad says... You know how old buildings are. Clearly there's been some leaking. It might have been raining outside. We've been here for like half an hour now. Like, And Sarah's like, I didn't hear any rain. What? You know, she's like paranoid as fuck. She's like, I want to get out of here. This is it. And Mike's like, trying to calm her down. But Jake's been quite quiet. I think he's sort of mulling over, like... You get the sense that he's more nervous than he lets on about this place. He's almost stoic. Mm. 
I'll make a joke about whether Sarah has pissed herself with fear. <laughs> How dare you? You, you! This is not a funny joke, Jocelyn. Okay. And she starts making her way back out to the entrance. Oh, can't leave her. Jen, why did I piss her off? Which way is the dripping coming from? It's sort of at the end of the corridor. And the dripping's sort of coming ten feet down. But you know that the corridor just ends. There's no, like, an extra door there or anything like that. Will I die if I go and investigate? Uh-huh. Can we call back Sarah? Yeah, what do you say? Sarah, come back or you'll be by yourself and you don't want to be Sarah's just like, no, I've had it up to here. You've just been a bitch to me. All right, Jocelyn, I am fucking leaving. Can we get Mike to make her stay? Mike sort of goes... <sighs> he's in two minds because like he kind of lied to Sarah about being here and he kind of you know it's the the Trez boys and and Jocelyn and, and Sarah <laughs> you go after her you like you, me you you need to say you're sorry like I'm sorry I don't care carries on feet sort of slap 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 in the water I don't want to go after her you don't have to go after her yeah but she might die so but I don't want to die. Can we very quickly look at what the dripping noise is yeah. and then run back to Sarah? Okay, so you're going to investigate the dripping noise? Yes. Take a card. Let's do his dripping noise. It's an ace. An ace. Let me keep that card. You're going to keep that card. Excellent. <laughs> Looks like part of the ceiling seems to have just sort of rotted away and there's like a pipe and it's just dripping slowly, but it's a lot of water. Yeah. It's a lot of water to happen so quickly and for you to have not heard a sudden psh, but that's where it's coming from and as you look it's a very dark sewagey type water well now we've established yeah where the water's coming from mm-hmm. it's weird but we decide to go back and find Sarah in the main hall I need you to draw a card for me oh uh, it's a queen, queen. So, it's another queen uh oh go on it's a ten ten whew you make it to the corridor but just as you get there, Brazos holds you back. And you look down and you were about to step on a horrible, nasty spike. Like Ooh. a wooden beam. You know, you hit over the hole, but now because it's completely dark. And you're obviously like, Sarah, come back. You know, he's like, fucking look where you're walking, all right? I could have been serious injury. Sorry, bro. <laughs> fucking better be. <laughs> so you get back to the entrance hole. Um, you were just trying to hurt me. I hurt somebody else. Sarah is just standing there. The fear of the night setting in has got the better of her, so she's sort of done a huff and waited for you to come and get her. Okay. And she's just standing by the entrance door. I ask the others if they want to check out upstairs. They're like, well, we've seen all that can be downstairs. Might as well, I guess. Let's head up those stairs. Who's going first? It's, and Sarah's just like, I'm fucking waiting here. Don't She's not coming up. I've had enough of this little fucking game. Is there any way we can get Sarah to come upstairs? What would you do to convince her? I could give her my fish torch, but I don't want to. I'm not going to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you want to cut it? Give her my math expert. You're just going to give her your satchel, like, here, have this. No, I'm not giving no, That would be a stupid thing to do. It would be. Mike threatens to break up with her. Okay. Mike says... Look, you know, if you want to be part of my friends, you know, you're going to take us, you know, at warts and all. Fine. Fine. 
Yeah. <laughs> Is that what you do? <laughs> you fucking yeah. But probably not quite so drunk. But like, let's. So um, going up the stairs. Yeah, we're we're gonna put Mike first. Mike first. Followed by Sarah. Okay. No. Brad first. Brad first. Sarah. Mike. Me, Jake. So hang on, sorry. So I'll get this right. So, so you, Brad. You, Brad. Sarah. Sarah. Mike. Me. Okay. Jake. I need you to draw me three cards. Ace. Yay! Oh, sorry. Ooh. Remember, you can use aces to skip a card. That's a uh, Jake, jack. jack. That's a jack. Oh, no. That's a jack. So you still need to draw two cards. A uh, nine. Nine. One more. A jack. A jack. A nine. A nine. All right. As you go up the stairs, suddenly Sarah's foot goes through a rotten floorboard. <laughs> and she sort of screams out. But luckily, you are quicker to react than Mike. You sort of just push him out of the way and just grab her. Because she was going to fall straight through it. She's such a fucking liability. She sort of screams out and, like, my ankle, ah, you know. And you sort of drag her up. And it would have been about an eight or seven foot fall. So it could have been really bad, but she's clearly badly twisted her ankle. She screams out and you pull her up. And she's crying at this point. Like, she's, like I said, she's emotionally gone at this point. Mike's trying to... I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you know, tries to pull her, I guess. So the thing to do now is, obviously, like, uh, we need to go look for something to help strap up her ankle, because, mm-hmm. but we can't take her with us, because uh, that would require people to carry her. Yep, you're about, I'd say, halfway up the stairs at this point. So is there, like, a little landing? Place? You sort of dragged her up onto the landing, and so, then it splits up and goes up. Okay, can she stay there? She doesn't want to stay there. She wants to fucking leave. Well, she can then. <laughs> she can go down the stairs and bugger off. But um, obviously she can't with her foot like that. Mm-hmm. Can we send her outside? She probably needs some help from someone to take her outside. Well, I don't want okay, You don't have to. Him. Mike will take her outside if need be. Will Mike come back? He says he will come back. We'll just leave you outside for a minute. We need to find out what's up there. And then we can at least tell the tell the kids back at the school that, you know, what we saw. Because otherwise they'll, they'll think we're lying otherwise. Okay. So Mike is to take Sarah outside and probably to perhaps the the the, the gates mm-hmm. at the front so for her to sit out there mm-hmm. and wait uh, we're gonna go find investigate a bit more mm-hmm. maybe look for something to help strap up her ankle okay they just start making their way down the stairs and as they do a light shines up in front of the entrance almost like a motorbike light and you hear the it's james dean and you hear the crunch of the gravel as the motorbike comes up and stops the light goes out then the flashlight comes on and you hear someone coming up the stairs oh who is it who is it who is it everybody shine their torches on the person coming up the stairs oh you're gonna sh- up the stairs of the entrance hall oh okay well, not, not, not the actual stairs yeah, sorry like it, so you hear someone about to enter the entrance everybody hall everybody shine their lights on the entrance hall door and, it, and the door opens and it's a police officer and you recognise the police officer not he's been out at the school a few times to do like a talk about Drugs are bad, kids. Da, 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 da. And it is Officer McGill, a guy with. He's not got sunglasses on. Like that, State Trooper esque. Yeah, he's got massive moustache. And he's like, What the fuck are you guys doing here? We've expressly said no one is coming to the asylum. you got to come with me. If we go with him, do we live? That's a boring story. What would you do in this moment, Jocelyn? Run. <laughs> Run? Yes. Yes. I, I need you to take two cards for anything. Remember. You have your aces that you can spend instead if you need to. Yeah, I have to spend both aces. No. Can I spend one ace? One ace. So you spent one ace, you still got one left. And then 
Give me the straight one. Oh, no! It's okay. a joker! All right. So in the confusion, you go. You just sprint off. Run. And you go upstairs. What's the thing that you notice about upstairs? It is very dark mm-hmm. and dusty. And you're running away. All the, the doors are wide open. What are you doing now? Are you just running to hide? Are you running just to get away from... Running because I don't want to get in trouble. Mm-hmm. So I'm running to hide. You run into the nearest room and just scoop underneath the wire bed. Oh. Where's everybody else? So what happens is the rest of them sort of start arguing. Brad tries to run but doesn't quite make it. He sort of trips over. Sarah can't do anything. She's screaming, crying. Jake, I guess, is talking to the officer. Jake's like, no, I'm sorry, officer. You know, tries to explain stuff. Mike is just... You can't hear Mike at this point. Suddenly, you just hear a scream. And then complete silence. And suddenly you feel very alone in this asylum. No, where's Jake? I've got a fish torch. It's not fair. Will Jocelyn make it out of St Mary's Asylum? Where have her gang of misfit friends gone? And what other unspeakable horrors lie just out of sight? Find out next time on What Am I Rolling? The What Am I Rolling podcast was created, recorded and edited by me, Fiona Howard. This episode's player was Alex Howard. This episode's RPG was Grin an RPG horror survival system developed by independent indie game publisher Arcana Games. You can find out more information about Grin on the Arcana Games website. That's www.arcana-games.com. The theme music was 8-Bit March by Twin Musicon of twinmusicon.org, licensed under a Creative Commons 4.0 license. If you want to find out more about the podcast, check out the website. That's www.wairpodcast.com. Fancy getting in touch? Email the podcast at whatamirollingpodcast at gmail.com. Finally, follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at WAIR underscore podcast for the latest news on upcoming episodes. Remember, adventurers need not apply.